Welcome to Mihinte on Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Good evening. Good evening, Mihente, and thank you. Thank you once again for being with me on this Sunday evening on Mihente on Air. And we have a lot to talk about. And today we have pertinent topics that are that is affecting our community. So I want to start with vaccines. And today my guest, Bridget Staffolino, is a dynamic individual and one of Saginaw's greatest cheerleaders. She is the Community Affairs Officer for Jolt Credit Union for over 15 years. And she's the recipient of the Frida Amigo Award from Mi Gente Magazine. And I'm real proud to say that. She's my guest today talking about the importance of getting a COVID-19 vaccine. Welcome, Bridget Luby Staffolino. Hey, hello, Larry. How are you? Good, good. And I, I said Luby. I had to make sure I included that in your full name because many people still remember you by Luby, even though you got married and now your name is Bridget Staffolino. How, how, yes, how's, yes, that? Yes. how's that for pronunciation? You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. Um, both, both. you know, obviously, you know, Larry, you know, you and I have been friends, you know, since, you know, I started it, Joe. We connected and started working on, you know, the Cinco de Mayo. And, you know, as, as you work closely with people, and Larry, you know this, through community, you know, some of them, you know, you always get to meet great people. But some of those become lifelong friends, and and you're my lifelong friend. So, um, so well, yeah. So you. you nailed both both last names. Well, thank you so much, and uh, you are so dynamic. And like I said, a cheerleader in our community, always rooting for Saginaw. And I think people will really be surprised, uh, and and they want to hear from you. Because, you know, you are a runner. You've, you've ran the Boston Marathon, what, eight times? Nine. Nine times. <laughs> nine, yeah. Nine times. Paula. She is a this vegan. <laughs> and she, she's a vegan. And she gets up at, what, 4.30 in the morning and runs all around. And it's amazing to me that this is something that she has done consistently for years. I'm talking years. And so... Like her mother, I want to say, who is, you know, her mother is such a strong woman as well. And she is going to be a part of this story as well. When we talk about getting vaccinated, Bridget Luby, to me, is a health nut that, wow, I never would have thought that you would have got the COVID virus. I want to start and I want my listeners to understand how this all played out. Tell me how in the fall, I believe it was the fall that you actually uh, got the virus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I've i always been healthy. In fact, I have not, you know, up until I got sick, I had not missed a work day in my adult life. And I am 57 years old, and I'm always healthy. In fact, um, I got the uh, flu vaccine. Uh, the first time I got the flu vaccine was about eh, 14, 15 years ago. And that was the last time. I don't get the flu. So I thought, why am I going to get the flu vaccine? So anyway, so, you know, as the, you know, the virus came and we started talking and I said, you know, people are asking me, Bridget, you know, when the vaccine comes out, will you get it? And I'm like, no, probably not because I don't get the flu vaccine because I don't get sick. 
I said, it's not that I, you know, don't trust science because I trust science. You know, we talk about the vaccine and they people think it just was created in the last, you know, like six months. No, we've been, you know, they've been researching and, and it's been in study for, you know, over 10 years. So anyway, so I, um, I, you know, we went to Florida. Joe was, you know, I was doing some work from home and my husband travels for work and he went down to Florida. I said, well, I'll go. We did everything right. You know, we wore our mask, you know, um, we, we, you know, social distance and we stayed at this um, hotel and we ate out twice uh, or three times. One was outside. Um, their staff, you know, they wore masks. Um, and then we ate inside twice and we were basically the only ones in the restaurant and we wore masks so did everybody else or the wait staff so anyway um that was right before thanksgiving and we ended up um going to my mom's house and uh we usually have a big irish uh catholic family uh i you know it's you know we always thought we were you know like the kennedys you know we even played you know tag football uh you know with the family (laughs) and so and so um So I went over to my parents' house, and we had a very small group. Usually it's like, you know, 25 to 30 people going there. But because of, you know, know, COVID, a lot of families didn't come into town. And so it was my mom, um, my little brother from Chicago, and his daughter, um, who at that time was uh, just about four, um, my sister and my brother and his wife. That was it. Um, We, all of us, we know, had been following, you know, safety protocols. So we were sitting at, you know, we had a great time, um, left, uh, Sunday, you know, I ran 13 miles in the morning and I thought, gosh, you know, usually I can run 13 miles and it doesn't bother me, but I just felt a little tired. Then on Monday, I was still kind of dragging. I'm like, what is going on? And because I know my body, you know, I know when something's up with it and I'm like, God, I I kind of feel like I'm having the chills. Well, Larry, by that night, I had a fever. And I thought, oh, no, how could this happen? And I thought, you know what, I, I'm, tomorrow morning I'm going to get up and I am going to, you know, go get tested. And I was supposed to get up in the morning and travel to Lansing um, to talk to a committee uh, about uh, expanding the payday lending, uh, which, you know, payday Payday lenders, cash and go, they're out there, and credit unions don't like them because they are in, you know, um, areas where they're underserved. You know, people are struggling financially as well. And, you know, for, you know, you guys don't know this, but if you think there are a lot of McDonald's, there are more cash and go, check pay places than there are McDonald's and that's army. So I called them, you know, I called uh, my, uh, my my liaisons at the Michigan Credit Union League, and I said, hey, I'm not coming. I said, I don't feel well. I said, I don't think. And Larry, I didn't think I had COVID, you know, because I thought, gosh, there's no way. I said, I'm going to go get tested. So I went, I said, I'll do all everything, you know, I'll, you know, I'm not going anywhere, not doing anything. And so I went, got tested, came home. Well, the next day, um, I was feeling even worse, and it came back positive. Um I called my mom, you know, and I said, mom, you better go get tested. And I told, you know, the rest of my family, go get tested. And so my mom went and got tested. Now, how old and is your mom? How old is your mom? My mom is going to be 90 this June. <laughs> and uh, 
so she was 89. Now, my mom really doesn't get sick. I think she takes a couple pills, um, and that's it. You know, she, you know, she's had, you know, I have 10 brothers and sisters. Um, I lost a brother shortly after he was born. So she's had like 12 children. And so she's been around so many things that she was a nurse. She worked at St. Luke's, which is now Covenant Health, healthcare. Um, so she's, so I said, are, I said, how are you feeling? And she said, you know, I've been dragging the past few days. And so, um, I'm like, you gotta go get tested. So I, I called my son because my mom, um, had been in a car accident you know, a month before. And so her car, you know, was total. Thank goodness she was okay. So I called my son who lives in a condo not too far away. And I said, Nick, got to take Grammy to uh, get your, get, get tested for the COVID. So he drove my mom and they did a quick test and it came back positive. And so um, she got home and I, you know, we were very concerned, you know, she's 89 years old and she smoked for many, many years. Uh, she one day got up and said, I'm done smoking she quit and that's how she quit she's a very determined woman and so it scared us you know because i was feeling sick i mean really sick um yes. i got up in the middle of the night you know i think it was day three day two i got up in the middle of the night and i got in the shower now i just was feeling chills i had a temperature i had the aches and pains but i didn't realize what was happening to my breathing so I got in the shower because I, my whole body hurt. My, I've never felt like this. My whole body, it felt like I, I got beat up or hit by a, you know, a, a Mack truck. And so I got in the shower and it's like 1230 at, you know, in the, you know, 1230 at night in the morning. And I have the hot water on me and, you know, I, you know, just like, ugh. and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. I had, I started having problems breathing. I'm like, no, there's no way this, no, you know, I'm a, long distance runner. I run 30 marathons. This can't be happening to me. And I couldn't catch my breath. And I shut the water off, pushed myself out of the shower and got on my hands. And then I felt like I was going to vomit Got on my hands and knees. And I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I'm gasping for air. And I had closed the uh, bathroom um, off from our bedroom, you know, so my husband wouldn't hear me showering and wake him up. I crawled and I thought I'm going to throw up. So I started crawling to the toilet you know, because I thought I'm going to get sick. And I thought, nope, I, I, I can't do this. You know, I might choke on it because I can't breathe. And so I just lay down. I mean, um, just, you know, I had nothing on. I didn't even grab a towel. I was on our tile floor. And I'm like, okay, just breathe, breathe. It took me about 10, 15 minutes to calm myself down so I could actually breathe. But during that time, Larry, I was thinking, do I scream for my husband to call 911 or do I scream for him to just come help me? And I thought, no, you know, I, I can do this. And I calmed myself down, you know, with breathing and breathing, you know, really shallow. And um, it, it sounds like husband, you had like an anxiety attack there. It's, it, it does. It does. But I couldn't catch my breath. And then after that, I could walk a little bit and have to sit down. I couldn't, I mean, my breathing was horrible. So I'm like, what do I do? Well, um, for those of you who remember WHNN, uh, Johnny Burke, and there was Kathy Burns. So as you guys remember, the Burke and Burns. Um, she, I met Kathy uh, through uh, Wendy Door. And Kathy right now is, she is a um, speech pathologist. Um, and she lives in Oklahoma. So I had read maybe a few days before I got sick that 
she put this post out there and she said, I can't believe I'm posting about this, but I'm struggling. I am, I think it was day 17 past uh, her diagnosis with COVID. And she said, I can't breathe. I'm having problems. So I text her and she said, Bridget, go get a pulse oxy. So I'm telling anyone who's listening right now, if you haven't had it, buy a pulse oxy. And it, it um, checks, you put your finger in it and checks your blood ex- oxygen level. Because if it dips below 90, you're in bad shape. You know, you don't want to get it to that point. And she said, don't lay on your back. She said, you make sure you're laying on your side or your stomach because you're going to have problems breathing. Well, of course, you know, you, your lungs, you know, are in your back there, you know, and so you're putting pressure on that. Um, and so, you know, we talked about it. So meanwhile, you know, my poor mom, you know, she, she has everybody in our family calling her. How you doing? How you doing? And here she is, 89 years old. She's doing better than me. You know, I'm like, how is that possible? <laughs> and I say, and so I'm like, mom, mom, how are you doing? How are you doing? Everybody's calling her. And um, we're like, what's your blood oxygen level? What's your, and she can't take it. You know, again, former nurse, a little feisty Irish woman. And she, I mean, to this day, she's whipping around the house. I went over there and she had a china cabinet that was on one side of the room. And then it was on the other side of the room. I said, how Who came over and did that? She said, I did. So, I mean, she's got, you know, she'll just do it. She doesn't care. Um, And so I said, Mom, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. She said, I just feel tired. I, you know, my my taste isn't all that great because she's a big coffee drinker. And she said, I can't really taste my coffee. Um, And uh, my my sister, you know, we're on a thread, you know, text message. My sister said, yep, just, just talk to Mom. And she said, you people better stop calling me. It's not going to be the virus that kills me. It's going to be you people. (laughs) 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 But we're scared. And so it took, it was over 10 days, Larry. And I, my mom started getting better. And it's, you know, during that, what they say, like day six, seven is, you know, you get to that day, you're going to, chances are you're going to be okay. And, you know, my mom, she just, she wanted people to come over. <laughs> like, little lady, you're infected. No one's coming over for a while. Um, and uh, I had even said, you know, during my sickness, I'll come over, mom. I'll help you. And she said, oh, no, you stay right where you are. You're sicker than me. I don't want to get sicker. Um, <laughs> and so we were just, you know, it, it was terrible. But I, Larry, I, you know, I was sitting, you know, in our kitchen. And this is like day seven, eight, I started crying and I, I, because I felt so horrible and I thought, I, I can't believe how I'm feeling. I've never felt this way. This is horrible. And I kept thinking, God, I can't wait to get that vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's, I mean, truly. And um, I, you know, I had to have a, a tough love conversation with myself as I'm crying. And it was like, oh my God, shut up, buttercup. You know, there are people who have died, people that are on vent, people that have it worse than you. You know, you're going to be fine. You just have to get through this. And and I stopped myself from crying. It's like, absolutely. And so what can I do? And so I finally posted something on Facebook because I thought, you know what? I have a lot of friends on Facebook. I've seen a lot of different comments on either it's, you know, fake, um, overblown, a hoax. Uh, it's like a little cold, um, all of the above. And I thought, and then plus I'm, I was wondering, you know, when I was given my test results, 
with those positive test results, why don't they give you a piece of paper saying in the event you can't breathe or you're having difficulty breathing, make sure you're not sleeping on your back. Make sure you're sleeping on your side. Um, and, uh, and also buy a pulse oxy, you know, that's so important to, you know, look at your blood oxygen level. And, you know, I wanted people to see that, like Bridget, Bridget, very healthy, a little nutty on the healthy side, um, long distance endurance athlete, eating well all the time, you know, um, and taking care, you know, I always laughed. I said, you know, this body's a temple, man. Um, and, you know, you've got to take care of the temple. And if, I can get this sick. Anybody can get this sick. Well, and yeah, there well, are people. Let, let me stop you right there. I want I want to bring up a fact that um, I for sure feel I am not as healthy as Bridget Staffolino, <laughs> and I'll say that because <laughs> I, you know, I I have not. I'm not a vegan. I don't run, and yet. Um, I looked forward to getting the vaccines as well. As soon as I uh, could get them, I knew that I was going to get them. Uh, even though my my age, I wasn't up there with the the, the elderly. I said I, I want to get this vaccine because it's so important, and I had no hesitation. I got the two vaccines. I had no problem with them whatsoever. It hurt a little bit the stick, but that was the the pick. But that was about it. But I had no problems. My two weeks are over. Uh, and I feel great, and I'm looking forward to uh, a world where we are better off than we have been in this last 11 months. But I need everybody to hear the story of Bridget Staffolino because she had a bad reaction to getting the vaccines. And it's important that we understand why she's still a proponent of getting the vaccine. Go ahead, Bridget. Oh, absolutely. And so, like I said, I wasn't going to get it. And again, it wasn't because of science or, you know, everything else. But I thought, you know what? I need to do this. I need to do this for myself. I need to do it for, you know, my family. I need to do it for my coworkers. I need to do it for my community. Um, we've got to get things back to where they were. It's not healthy how we're living. You know, uh, we just hear so many sad stories about people who are isolated and haven't seen their loved ones or people struggling with addiction or, um, or mental health issues. So I, I, as soon as I could get it, I did. Um, we uh, got an opportunity. I was told, hey, they're going to have extra vaccines if you'd like to go to Horizons. It was Covenant was doing it. And I don't, I, I wish I would have had, you know, Covenant on speed dial that number. And I'm like, oh, yes, absolutely. And so I went. Now I had done, again, everybody should educate themselves on what they're putting in their body. You know, food, vaccines, of course. Yeah, it's scary. You think about it. Yeah, it is scary. But Educate yourself, believe in science, and it goes away. So I knew, based on the fact from everything I read, that if you have COVID, chances, and I got the Pfizer, by the way, I got Pfizer um, uh, uh, vaccine, that the first shot you have, you know, and sorry, you're going to be sick because you already have those antibodies. Um, and you get sick because your antibodies um, start fighting the virus. And so that's a good thing, you know, getting sick. Well, I got quite sick after the first one. I had, I had like a, a hundred. I thought it was, you know, my regular temp is like ninety-seven uh, um, Fahrenheit, and um, I had like a hundred, a uh, hundred and one point six um, first time, 
And I had chills. Uh, I had to change my pajamas twice in the night because I was soaked through. My head felt like it was an advice. It was, it was all that. But Larry, I kept thinking, I know this is going to end. I know after about 30, you know, they say 24 to 48 hours. And I thought, you know, I'll, you know, I'll do, I'll do like a day and a half. I'm sure it'll be fine. And I kept thinking, this is all worth it because I don't ever want to be that sick again. And that's scary. Um, and I don't want to go there. And so after, you know, after it was, I got it in like around 1130 on a Thursday by Saturday morning, I felt a ton better, you know, um, I felt really good. Uh, I, I was so excited to get the second one. I put any, I have a countdown um, app on my, on my phone because I like to, you know, when I'm doing marathons, I like to see how many days until the marathon or going on a trip or something like that. I put my, I put my shots, both my first and my second shot on my countdown app. I couldn't wait. Now I, you know, had a hard time finding um, information about, do you get a second shot? And I had some people saying, well, you're not supposed to get a second shot if you had COVID and get the first shot. Yeah, you are still supposed to do it because that is the research. Right now, it's, you get both shots whether you've had COVID or not. And I'm going to follow the guidelines. I want to follow what they say to do, so I'm going to do it. So <laughs> I did find some articles saying, yeah, it wasn't great the second time either. Well, I did get sick again. Um, or, you know, I had a reaction, couldn't say sick because I had a reaction to it and I had 102.2 or four temp and, um, my head, it was even worse. You know, I was actually moaning and I have a high threshold for pain, but again, I kept thinking and my husband's like, Ew, gosh, I don't, you know, cause he had COVID as well. Um, he said, I don't think I want the vaccine. I said, you want the vaccine. You want the vaccine. These are, are side effects that you know, Larry, are only going to last a certain amount of time. With the virus, you don't know. You don't know. I know people that are they're considered long haulers. They're still not well. And I know runners, Larry, that still have a hard time running, you know, their, their breath. And I forgot to mention that I did go because of my breathing. I was put on an inhaler. I had to go to the um, hospital and get a chest x-ray to make sure that I didn't have pneumonia and my heart hadn't enlarged and everything looked good. So, you know, you know, thank God. Um, but I knew that, and that's what I've been telling people. I said, it is so important that you get it. If you have, and and I know a lot of people who have not had side effects. I know some people who had COVID, they didn't have any side effects. So it just depends sometimes. Um, and, but I tell people, listen, you could get side effects. I said, so let's say a day and a half, you might not feel all that great, but you're doing something, you know, you're protecting yourself and you're protecting your loved ones too. Um, well, I, I, I have to tell you, Bridget, I, I am so happy that you're a proponent still after all that, that you still got your vaccines and that you're on your road to recovery. I spoke to you yesterday, saw you and you look great. You lost a little bit of weight, but but I think that you're on your way back to being the Bridget that we all know and love. And I want to thank you so much for being on this show today. We have to talk about this. We have to talk about the vaccines and how important it is that we do our due diligence and we all get vaccinated as many as we can because we need at least 70% of the population in order to get the herd immunity. And so thank you, Bridget Staffolino 
for setting that example as you always have throughout the community and being that strong individual. And if Bridget can get a vaccine and go through all that, so many of us can and not have that fear. So thank you, thank you, Bridget, for being with us today. And we'll be right back on Mi Gente On Air. This is Mi Gente On Air on WSGW. You're listening to Mi Gente On Air on WSGW. Welcome back. Welcome back, Mi Gente. Thank you again for being with me. I'm Larry Rodarte. I'm your host. And we have so much going on in our world from the COVID-19 pandemic to the vaccines to the trial uh, of Derek Chauvin for the death of George Floyd. This was been, has been a really uh, important week in the history of America. But I want to step back for a moment and just mention that we also lost a giant in our Saginaw Latino community with the passing of Maria Silvas Vela. And when I think of Maria, she was a great friend of mine. I remember a woman with conviction and a giving spirit. She had the heart to help anybody she could. She had determination in her mind and worked tirelessly for the betterment of her community. And, you know, she did this without any recognition needed. She simply did her best work in service to run La Union Civica Mexicana as its president uh, through the 90s and 2000s. And after all, she was the keeper of the longtime nonprofit organization that propagated her Mexican culture that was so important to her. And she loved Mexican music. And she came from Westco, Texas, born in 1940. And she came as a migrant worker to the Saginaw area, first to Fairview, Michigan. And uh, uh, she then migrated when her husband uh, got a job at the General Motors plant at the Gray Iron. But sooner or later through her life, I think around 30 or 40 years ago, she was involved with the Union Civica Mexicana. And whenever Maria's help was needed, she was ready to don an apron and get to work for the Civica or the Damas de Guadalupe at St. Joseph's Catholic Church, cooking tamales or rolling out masa for tortillas or making rice. Cooking came easy with the traditional skills that her mother had taught her so many years later. So for years, she proudly wore the armor of the Damas at the annual novena to La Virgencita marching in the church with the other Damas. And so for many years, uh, Maria and a handful of members also worked to keep the annual Saginaw Cinco de Mayo celebration alive through much of the 90s. It wasn't easy, but they were dedicated to make sure it continued. So like in the Bavarian festival or the Greek festival, Saginaw had a Mexican festival that we could also celebrate our contributions. So I just want to say that with along with the members of the Civica as well as many in the community who were friends with Maria. We salute you, Maria Silvas Vela. Condolences to her family. We salute you for your exemplified service to our organization and the Saginaw community. Descanse en paz, Maria. 
And also this week, you know, I, I have such a heavy heart, but I was joyful to see and uh, I was relieved, I guess, more than joyful uh, that so many, just like so many Americans, that the Derek Chauvin was found guilty for the death of George Floyd. You know, we have been through so much and this really played in the backdrop along with the pandemic. But um, I'm just happy that he will not get away for the notorious crime he committed. You know, and although George Floyd paid the ultimate price, his death changed the world, like his little daughter has said. How many of you have seen that picture of his little girl? And she said, my daddy changed the world. And that, in fact, he did. I remember waking up, um, you know, that Monday after, I believe it was Memorial Day, and just scrolling through the phone and, and watching George Floyd being murdered by a corrupt police officer. And not all police officers are in the same vein as Derek Shelvin. I want to repeat that. Not all police officers are of the same vein of Derek Chauvin. We all saw that video and the injustice played out before our eyes in the killing of so many black men captured in cell phone footage has begun to lift the veil on our national character. Now, I don't know if that young teen had not uh, videotaped the death of George Floyd if Derek Chauvin would have been found guilty. I, I feel like he would have got off if he if that teen didn't film those instances. And what I mean by this is, um, you know, I, ju I just feel that um, if it's not shown on social media today, sometimes um, people are going to get away with things. And, and it, it's, it's too bad because we've seen so many historically black men from Rodney King, you know, all the way to the young man who just passed away during this trial as well. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I feel that, um, as I've always said, our fight is their fight. I say this all the time that Hispanic men of color are treated badly as well with, uh, corrupt police officers. So we have to stand, uh, in solidarity, you know, with our African American brothers and sisters, as well as our Asian brother and sisters, because, we have to make things right for a better tomorrow. George Floyd's death kicked off a movement unseen since the civil rights movement in the 60s. It has made us look at ourselves and deliberate with one another on what it must mean to be black in America and recognize how the stain of racism has only hurt our country. You know, the protests came immediately right away after George Floyd had died First in Minneapolis, of course, and then all over the United States and even throughout the world. In the crowds in Berlin, Germany, so many thousands of miles away spoke volumes of how important this movement was. I, I was just really surprised to see countries uh, in Europe that were had huge protests, just as big as the ones in America. To see many young people of all walks protesting for justice was really uplifting and I had to go and I had to participate and I was happy to see all walks of people raising their arms and signs and just being there to protest you know we had our the black community we had the Hispanic community the Arab community was out there and I'm talking about in Saginaw 
it was a wonderful protest that we had because there was no violence here in Saginaw. We were lucky compared to some of the cities. But altogether, the mass protests in the United States was the largest in U.S. history. And we, the people of Saginaw, did our part. The Black Lives Matter mantra was powerful, even though some couldn't accept it and came up with all lives matter, not understanding what really was going on. They just wouldn't accept it. Yet the lack of empathy shown by those who just want these racial tensions to go away without reconciliation is really disheartening. To see good friends not in line with the protests and what the, what the America we used to have is really, to my what I feel is, is kind of sickening. It's really surprising how much all of what happened in 2020 revealed to me what so many of my friends I never would have thought would have said, would have instant messaged me because I, I was appalled at some of the messages that I was getting. And I just can't believe that they are not in line with what the conscious of America should be. And we have to fight the racism that is still out there. And I, and I want to ask this. I want to throw out the question. Did, did you notice who was quiet yesterday when the verdicts were read earlier this week? Did you notice how people just want to forget it, not recognize that there is more work to be done and that we as a society have to do better? Some people just want to put this under the rug. They want to put it behind. I'm sick of hearing this. They'll say, I'm sick of the trial. I'm sick of this and that. But you know what? We have to keep it in the forefront of our mind. Those of us who are fighting for civil rights in our communities, we have to keep this to the forefront. We can no longer be silent. I, that's, just, that's just the way I feel. That's just the way I roll. And, and I want to make sure that I will do my part to see that in 50 years we'll be in a much better place for our children, our grandchildren. I won't probably be around, but I hope that that will be the better day for our America. I feel, though, that we have changed as Americans, and we're more sensitive due to the coronavirus pandemic, I think. Putting that all together, uh, it, it just last year, the election, the pandemic, the racial tensions— and I feel like our angst has played into this emotional cascade since George Floyd's death. You know, it really hit me when I heard him cry out for his deceased mother. That, that's what really struck a chord in my mind. Like so many across the globe, I woke up to the news also of that Karen incident in New York. And I bring this up because it was really important to see also during that timeline the mentality of this Amy Cooper who knew exactly what she was doing by calling 911 and letting Christian Cooper, they, they weren't related, and saying to him, do you remember this? I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Can you believe the audacity that that woman had that she would say that and she was caught on camera? Thank God. And, you know, I cringe and fume because this was outright dangerous racism jeopardizing this man's life because we all know we've all seen it bad results have consistently played out for men of color when police are summoned not always 
but it has gone on for way too long. Somehow before I saw the video of the murder of George Floyd, I had scrolled also to a video where a white woman was screaming, you're in America, play American music to some Latinos who were playing Spanish music in the park. They were just listening to music that they loved. You know, and I, I was really flabbergasted thinking, oh God, not again. I, I've witnessed these types of things in my own life, so I know. And after those incidents, and then again after Floyd's death, my mental stability came crashing down like a waterfall, like so many Americans. I was triggered to remember similar incidents in my life and to feel outright anger on behalf of men of color in America. And this is why I bring this up on today's show, because I think it's so important that we bring it to the forefront and not allow it to just be swept under the rug. After the protest last summer came, nearly 170 Confederate statues or symbols were removed or renamed. Now, I got to tell you, you know, in my upbringing, I went to Thomas White Elementary School in Bridgeport. And this is in the 60s and the 70s. And I feel now that, you know, the education that I received there was great, of course. But I feel like I was indoctrinated in the history, the way that the Civil War was taught. And what I mean by that is that, you know, Civil War, the the Union soldiers and the Confederate soldiers, they were all glorified. It, it was a great uh, historical event that uh, changed our world back then with free, freedom of slaves. But the Confederacy and those that uh, I, I glorified as well, like General Robert E. Lee, you know, I thought he was a great general, and I still do for his skill, but not for his beliefs and what he was fighting for in much of the way of the, the way of the South. They wanted to keep slaves. And so all I can say about that is, you know, they lost the Civil War and, and they should not be glorified. Those statues or those symbols, they should be removed or renamed. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it here because that's just the way I feel now. Nobody needs to be reminded of that time and what it stood for. Those statues, if you feel they're important, they should just be in museums as a historical part of American history. But they shouldn't be out there in plain sight in the public where people of color can see and be upset by it. For years, we have witnessed the unjust killings of black men. And when George Floyd died, Americans finally said, that's enough. That's where, that's where we are as a country, I believe. Of course, we, we still have those that feel that now there's an injustice towards them. All lives matter. But if you really believe all lives matter, then this, you have to be inclusive of people of color. The pendulum has shifted. I've said this so many times on this program even if just a little, but in reality, it was a moment when, that was really justified with what Colin Kaepernick had been saying all along and why he began taking a knee in 2016. This humble sign of protest alone angered so many who saw it as being about the flag, valuing symbolic patriotism over human life. Can you believe that? When you, when, you, when you think about it, they valued patriotism over human life. 
we just we just got to change the mentality on that. And I really firmly believe that Colin Kaepernick is going to go down in history as a fighter of civil rights, like so many of the others, like Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King. And to me, he's a hero, and I'll say it loud and proud. So many were angered, not just those who are upset at the officers involved in the system that has allowed similar offenders to walk free, but also the racists who were frustrated at the way things were playing out. After all, in their eyes, George Floyd was on drugs, remember? He resisted in All Lives Matter. You know, that that's the mentality. And you know, I hear some uh, some footage on newscasts where the, people are still blaming George Floyd and making him out to be a criminal. And the criminal, the criminality that we saw played out with the officer who was trying to arrest him, that was the crime. That was the crime, keeping that knee on a human being's neck the way he did, causing his death, that is the crime. I don't care if George Floyd was on drugs. I don't care if he resisted. That was the crime. And those types of maneuvers need to stop that kill people. Nine minutes. I forget the exact time, but... It's terrible to think that some people still justify that. And then quickly, right after George Floyd's murder, we had Richard Brooks, 27-year-old man killed because he was sleeping in a Wendy's drive through line in Atlanta, Georgia, last June. More protests, more riots ensued, and the image of that Wendy's aflame has become embedded in our minds. And then during the trial, this trial, just, what, 10 days ago, I think it was, maybe less, just outside of Minneapolis, 20-year-old Dante Wright is murdered as well. Do we really see a change? I mean, she said the officer who shot him said she was reaching for a taser gun. And she thought that she had a taser gun when she shot this 20-year-old young man. Something just was not right there, and I hope that she is going to be brought to justice just like David Chauvet. So please, please, everyone, I want to just put this out there. Think about where we are today. Think about we as Americans, because, you know, the conscious of America really has started to take a deeper look at systemic racism. And maybe that's fueled by President Biden. It surely wasn't under President Trump, but I think it is more so today. This nasty ill plague in our country for over 400 years since 1619 when the first African was brought to the new world. The indoctrination, like I've said, through our education system as children in public schools were taught a history that was not honest or fair to people of color. That, that's something that I see now as I look back and we were never taught justly about the American Indians. We weren't uh, taught about Mexican-American history in our country or Cesar Chavez because, well, it was just kind of skipped over or it wasn't important, you know. And we were taught about Christopher Columbus and now we have issues with that today. So many young people are rising up and saying, no, tell us the real history. Tell us what really happened because 
glorifying Christopher Columbus on Christopher Columbus Day, it's just not right. And in a time when our nation is so divided and there are so many crying out, the protests that we've seen fighting injustice, it's not enough to see justice brought against the four men responsible for George Floyd's death. We, it's a call for sweeping changes through police reform, and it has grown to demand that everyone look within themselves to see how we can all be better in society. We have to be conscious and fight for a just America, and the time is now. And I don't mean to, you know, to be uh, hateful. I don't mean to say all of what I'm saying because uh, I want uh, retribution of, of my feelings or, or, or feel that it's just, you know, uh, something that I feel I'm, I'm struggling with this because I get emotional because for so long I've seen it throughout my life and for so many years you know, growing up and all, we just accepted it. We just accepted the way it was for people of color in this country. And now things are changing. And I have to say, I'm really, I'm really surprised how it came. It came, I believe, where I saw finally a difference because George Floyd was murdered and the way he was murdered. And like his daughter said, he changed the world. So the time is now. And as we move forward, people are disgusted over everything that's happened, especially over politics and how the pandemic has handled throughout the U.S. by President Trump. And then thankfully, President Biden has come through and getting people vaccinated. I think he hit a milestone this week with 200,000 uh, people or was it million? I don't I don't even know at this point. But he you know how he's handled the pandemic is much more responsible. You know, but we've got to look at the backlash that has already begun from legislatures who are wanting to hinder voters in the next election. They want to do away uh, with absentee voting and, and they want to do away and make it harder for people of color to be able to vote. And it's just not right because we are a free and just society and everybody should have a voice. Everybody should vote who can you know, that's what we've been pushing for so long when people say, well, my vote doesn't count. It does count, and we want it to count, and we want people of color to be out there at the polls, and we want everybody to be at the polls. This is where we can say, you know, really, all votes matter. This is just something that I believe. You know, it's still a dark time in our nation's history, and even here in Michigan, in the midst of a third surge, can you believe all the people that are, you know, I, I just published a magazine of Mijente magazine, and I had 12 obituaries in there, and every one of those people I knew, they have all contributed to our society, and God rest their souls, and God bless them, and they have paid the price of this in this pandemic. You know, and now that everyone is wearing a mask in public, they should be. Please continue to do it. It's 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 hard to decipher people's emotions sometimes, but we still must comply for safety reasons. And hopefully there's a simple smile of engagement behind every mask through all this angst and nervousness while pledging to still fight 
for liberty and justice for all. This week with Chauvin's guilty verdict, America is moving in the right direction. Yes, we are. And people's attitudes have changed at some level and hopefully will change more in the right direction because, as I said, pledging to still fight for liberty and justice for all, that is so important. Liberty and justice for all. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, take care of yourself and try to always do the right thing. I'm your host, Larry Rodarte, and I want to continue to say, wear your mask, get vaccinated, wash your hands, keep your distance because it's so important. And again, I want to mention Maria Vela. Saginaw lost a huge giant with her passing and also the trial uh, of Derek Chauvin for the death of George Floyd it is over and we have to move on to a better America and justice was served. I'm your host Larry Rodarte here on Mi Gente On Air. <laughs>